You are listening to Your First 100K, the number one podcast for Christian entrepreneurs, coaches, and business owners who want time freedom and financial freedom so that they can provide for their families, travel the world, and give back to the less fortunate. If that's you, then sit back and stay tuned in because you're in the right place. I'm your host, Joseph Warren. I started my first multi-million dollar business at age 19 and wasted away my 20s trying to find happiness through money, success, and pleasure. I made millions, but I still didn't feel happy or fulfilled until I learned the real secrets of success. So the big question is this, how can Christian entrepreneurs like us who didn't give up on our dreams build a highly profitable six to seven figure business without being unethical, doing it all ourselves and neglecting our family and our faith? Well, that is the question. And this podcast will give you the solutions and strategies you've been looking for. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you're new here, then welcome. I have a free 10-day training waiting for you over at first100k.com. Again, go to first100k.com to grab your free 10-day training. Today, my featured guest is Matt Lesser, and Matt's dad walked out on him, Startup Nation. I know there's, there are many uh, listeners in my audience uh, who have dads that walked out on, on you, on your mom, on your siblings. And just like Matt, that uh, all he left behind was a mountain of debt. Um, but in, in Matt's situation, his dad also left a business um, that helped uh, save them from the brink of, of bankruptcy. And uh, somehow, Matt trusted his heavenly father Um trusted that his heavenly father was staying put even though his earthly dad had abandoned the ship through unwavering trust in god matt has navigated navigated his father uh walking out uh he's navigated growing and selling the family business at a large profit uh he's navigated crippling depression and autoimmune disorder and the new world of solopreneurship. So he's going to speak about his new business that he's up to right now and the challenges and setbacks in that and also the victories and triumphs. Uh, But Matt wants us to know that at every step, God is at the center of his life. Uh, And hopefully that's the case for you, Startup Nation, that, you know, as believers, you put God at the center of your life. If you're a non-Christian, that's all right. That's just where you're at in your spiritual journey. I was there, right? There's no no frowning face on you or anything. But make sure that your faith is the center of your life, whatever that looks like, okay? Just make sure you're not the center of your life. Mm. That never works. When you're sitting on the throne that belongs to God in your own life, Eventually, eventually it crumbles and you're left with you (laughs) and normally everyone leaves you. So, wow, that got real quick, Matt. All right, Matt. So uh, welcome to your first 100K uh, top 100 podcast in entrepreneurship. As you could see, we talk about more than just business here. We talk about our faith because, Listen, you go to the office, you spend all that time working and crushing it for who? Well, for your wife and your kids, you know, most likely for your spouse and, um, you know, for yourself, your own dreams and your goals. And so many times we neglect, you know, our spouse, our kids and ourself <laughs> at the cost of the dollar and, and paying the bills. And we really need to get that right. So, Matt, welcome to your first 100K. Take a minute, fill in some of the gaps of the intro, and tell us what you're up to right now. We'll get into the whole story, but just kind of okay. give us a brief overview, would you? Yeah, great. Thank you, Joseph. I've been looking forward to our, our conversation today and uh, grateful to be here. So uh, today, uh, so today's journey began, um, it actually began about five years ago, um, but a little over two years ago, I uh, I decided to go on my own. And so um, I had been on my own before. Well, not on my own. I had a family business before. Um, then I spent several years in uh, working in big corporate and then came back to my own 
And just the way that God orchestrated all of that, I'm happy to get into whatever uh, detail you'd like to get into with that. But um, in July of 2021, I um, I went off and I started uh, Uniquely Normal. Uh, uniquely Normal is a, a two words that don't necessarily fit together. I mean, you think unique and normal, you think, what the heck? Well, it's it, it came out of two things. One, it came out of my own um, my own journey, my own story, and I'm, I'm glad to share whatever aspects you want of that. In that, always feeling like um, I'm I shouldn't say always, but a lot of the time feeling like I'm unique, like nobody understands. Like okay, the, not even I felt many times like God didn't even understand who I was, and He created me for crying out loud, so He obviously knows me. Um, and then having this blend of when I would talk to people, they would they would share some similar thoughts, feelings, and so I was like, oh wait, so this is normal. And then in the same thing, um, part of the impetus or part of the motivation in starting this business was that I felt a calling on my life when I was literally 16 years old to do what I'm finally doing at 49, that I started when I was at 47. And um, it took me 30 some years to get going because I was really unclear and uncertain of what God was calling me to do. Mm. Well, it became more and more clear um, especially over the last five years. And so, um, so I wrote a book and, and part of that book, the, the story of that book came in meeting with leaders literally all over the world and having, most of them were family businesses. Most of them were first generation, sometimes second generation owners of businesses. And they had started it by themselves. They had founded it. They had built it up. And here they were at a point where they were usually in their fifties and sixties, sitting across the table from me, literally most of them in tears saying, I spent all my life sacrificing. And when they meant sacrificing Joseph, they sacrificed their, usually their spouses. Yeah. Many of them were either not married or under second, third, fourth marriage, or if they were married, they were living two separate lives. They had kids that really wanted nothing to do with them because they were always working, always busy, always building this thing that was supposed to give them freedom and flexibility and income and, and all the opportunity to, to experience life that they thought that they wanted. And now here they're looking at me saying, I'm done. I don't even want this thing anymore because, you know, had I had a chance, had I had an opportunity to do it over again, I would have done it so much differently. And, and it happened to collide at a point in my, and I, and I didn't hear this once, twice, three times. I heard it a hundred times over the course of about eight years. And I just kept a journal on it. I just kept taking notes and it finally got to the point of me saying, okay, wait a minute. I've heard this enough that there's something here and something needs to be done about it. And so that was the motivation for me to write this book called unsatisfied when less is more. And it really is a heart out of a heart of, okay, what is somebody's deeper purpose and meaning in life? You know, I really believe that we're created with this God shaped hole that only he can fill a relationship with him. But yet we try to fill that with, with money or with power or building a business or, you know, position title, whatever things and stuff. Um, and at the end of the day, it truly is only filled by him. And so how do we get to the place of asking these deep questions sooner so that we don't get to the end of our journey or toward the end of our journey in life and say, what in the world did I just do? How did I miss this? And, and really it comes down to living intentionally living on purpose for purpose with purpose living for something greater than me and this is the this is the overall arcing message of the book and so i wrote the book um i got it published came out last october and and then um i went into a real funk joseph um i literally the, when the book came out I, um, people were asking me, you know, what do you think? Is, is it great? Is it awesome? And if I didn't know the person, I'm like, oh yeah, it's wonderful. So it's, whew, yay. Um, but for people that knew me, I literally said, no, it's not. And, you know, I went through about a three or four month period, literally just came out of it a couple months ago of saying, you know, I, I don't, you know, this isn't what I want to do. You know, this isn't working. It's, it's just not, it's not working. And I, I can't even tell you all the reasons why. Um, and now what you know, specifically wasn't working? I don't know. I felt literally the book came out and I had spent so much time and energy, even though my business is focused on writing, speaking, coaching, and consulting. In my mind, I was focused mostly on the writing part because I wanted to get this book out. Yeah. And so when the book was released, literally that day, I'm like, oh crap, now what? Now what do I do? Mm -hmm. And I started to lose my way. And, and one of the things that when I started this business, 
Um, I am a big believer in mentors and in mentoring and coaching. Huge believer in it. I wouldn't be where I am today without the the men, mostly the men, but some women as well have, have spoken into my life along my journey. And um, and when I started this business, I had a I had a dear friend, eighty three years old. Uh, love this guy dearly. He loves the Lord. He has no filters. So if it's up here, it's out his mouth at the same time. Um, and uh, and he's telling me he's, we had uh, we went out for a beer after one day at one afternoon. He just said, "Hey," he said, "Don't do this alone." And I said, "Okay." I said, "What do you want me to do, man? I I can't afford to hire anybody here. I'm, I'm a startup." And he said, "Put together a personal board of directors." And so I asked him what that looked like. We talked about it. He and then he was my first member. And I asked two other guys plus my wife. And every quarter, Joseph, we meet for half a day. I don't pay these people. They just love me. They love my family. They speak truth to me. And so um, every quarter we meet for half a day. And they speak into my life. I often describe it as like they encourage me when I need encouraged. They pick me up when he picked up. They kick me in the tush when he kicked in the tush. Um, they confront me when he confronted. And so I went into my board meeting in December. This is now about a month and a half after the book came out and literally started the board meeting up by saying, Guys, it was a nice run, but I'm done. I'm just going to get a job and just forget this whole thing. And to a person, they took about two hours and literally said, okay, wait, 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 wait. No, time out. And they said, let's back up. Where did this journey start? Where have we come? And what are the opportunities in front of us? And literally, they all said, no, you're not. It's like you have chosen. You have chosen to bring us in. You said you are in submission to us as well. And, um, and so we're telling you, you cannot quit. There's too much, too many opportunities in front of you. So that was the beginning of, of getting back on track, really getting focused on client acquisition. And, and I started writing my second book, which actually, which comes out later this year. So, so long answer to your official question, but that gives you an overview of what, what I've been working on anyway. Startup nation, you know, I just want to thank Matt for his heart there and, sharing transparently the challenges that you and I have gone through. Maybe some of us are still going through of starting a business of writing a book. And when we get to the end of that thing, whatever that project is that we think is going to change everything for us, we realize it didn't. And then we're left with the question. Now what? We put our whole identity in the project sometimes or in the business and it didn't fulfill. So immediately our brain goes into a panic mode of like, oh crap, this didn't work. This wasn't it. This didn't fill the God-sized hole. What do I do? I got to retreat. I got to recoil. I got to curl up and contract rather than expand and grow. I got to do all the opposite. I got to go small into the darkness, into the shadows. This is the normal human response. And it's yeah. not uniquely normal. Or maybe it is. Right? <laughs> the point is this. We all struggle with these types of experiences. And I'm fortunate that for whatever reason, God gave me this gifting and ability where I just ask a basic question like, hey, fill in the gaps in the story. And people, my guests just want to open up and share stuff that they've told me many times. I've had hundreds of guests say, I have never shared that publicly before. And I just shared it to your worldwide audience. Ah, but yet this freedom in that share. Because they brought the darkness into the light, and now it lost power over them. Bible speaks about this, though. Amen. Amen to that. So, Matt, thank you for that, bro. Seriously, because not only is there freedom for you in sharing that, and any part of that that maybe you haven't shared publicly, but when you share it, it sets someone else free if they're ready mm -hmm. to receive that freedom. Because it gives them permission to share their own dark skeletons in the closet, so to speak, right? With the people that love them. I really like this board of directors that you got, man. These are good people. Mm -hmm. They're like, hold on. You're not paying us. We're giving you our time and we've been doing it. And now you want to quit 
sorry, we're your boss and you're still going to work. We've worked for free. Now you're going to work for free. And you're not going to give up on yourself and you're not giving up on us. You put us in charge, so we're giving you orders. We're giving you marching orders. And you need to pick yourself up by your britches, get back in the game. There's opportunities in front. There's a bigger mission here. And it's not about you, bro. Yep. Like, that's love, by the way, people. That's what love looks like. It's telling you the truth. And the truth is a sword. It cuts. It's not what you want to hear. Right? The truth is not about being nice. Hmm. F nice. Like, there's so many nice guys out there. There's so many nice girls out there. That's the problem with society right now, isn't it? Everyone's trying to be nice to each other. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't offend them. I got to be nice. <laughs> the truth will offend your bad behaviors. It doesn't offend you. It offends your bad behaviors. Amen. If you're doing evil in the world, truth will offend it. Light will always offend the darkness. <laughs> or the darkness will always find offense with light. You get that? Absolutely. Speak truth, Startup Nation. Be salt and light in the world. (laughs) If people choose to get offended, it's because they're behaving poorly. It's not because of anything you did. Yeah. I was at the barbershop the other day, and uh, I said something like, have a blessed day or whatever. And And the guy goes, I forgot what he said, but he was like, he realized I was Christian, Matt. And, um, he was like, oh, sorry, I, I didn't want to you know, say anything earlier because I, I didn't want to offend you. And I was like, bro, we're men. We stand for something. Mm-hmm. Oh, we stand for something. He's like, yeah, but I mean, so much in the world, everyone gets offended. I was like, they're choosing to get offended by you sharing your beliefs. Mm-hmm. You're just sharing your beliefs. You're not telling them what to believe. I'm like, stand for something, bro. This is the problem with society. No one's standing for truth anymore. And evil is spreading. Darkness is spreading. Be the one person. everywhere, you, Every room you walk into, be the light. Be that one little candle. And darkness Amen. will fear you. Darkness will fear you. This is the message of the gospel. All right, enough of that. But man, Matt, you opened up something there, buddy. Well. Oh. Just Dude. speaking truth, my friend. <laughs> That's exactly it. All right, Startup Nation, that was your pep talk for the day. Um, so, Matt, really good stuff, okay? And and I think the message here is don't do it alone. Don't do this alone. Mm-hmm. So, so what are you doing right now, Startup Nation, alone in your business? What are you doing right now alone in your family? What are you doing right now alone when there are other people God put in your life who love you and want to help. I was telling Matt, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a dad of three. We just had our beautiful baby number three, a new, a new son just last week. Right. And, uh, man, Matt's like, wow, you're in the thick of it, bro. You got three babies under three years old. Ooh, boy. And, and he's right. I'm in the thick of it. And I reached out to my best buddy yesterday, and I was like, bro, I could really use a friend to talk to right now. <laughs> right? Because I'm That's not going to do it alone. No. Like, I've learned that lesson so many times. And the enemy wants you to be alone. Be alone. You yep. could do it alone. You don't need anyone. Mm-hmm. And he knows because he'll destroy you in that little closet of darkness you want to go coil up in. Don't do it. Stay in the light. Stay with others. Be vulnerable and share. All right. Be uniquely normal. Matt, you got it, bro. All right, Matt, what has been the biggest benefit of you choosing to listen to your board and not do this alone? Um, Well, I'm I'm still at it. And so that's that's the first thing. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, if I wouldn't have listened, I mean... When I went into that meeting that day, I didn't know. I guess in my my delusional mind, I thought, well, maybe they'll, you know, wipe my tears and pat me on the back and say, it's okay, just just go get a job. And I don't know what I was thinking because none of these people would have ever done that because I know that they they know me really well. Um, so I think the first, yeah. And so I was kind of tongue in cheeking it, but really, I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd be sitting here today if it wasn't for that conversation. So the second thing is, 
um, they they don't just care about the business. In fact, I would say that the business is actually secondary. They care more about me and my relational health with God and with my family and with others than they do about the business. And they will often emphasize that. I'll never forget first board meeting, uh, first second board meeting we had um, talking about the business. This would have been probably about a year ago. And um, talking about the business, talking about updates, giving, you know, goals for the quarter, all this jazz, literally one guy. And I, I've known this guy for a long, long time. We literally worked together side by side for six years in a, in a private equity firm. And he literally about a half hour in, he, he does this and he says, time out. And I said, yes. And he said, I don't want to talk about the business for the rest of this meeting. And I just said, what? And I said, dude, I said, we've got three hours left. What do you want to talk about? And he said, I want to talk about your being. I said, my being? He says, your being. He said, how's your being? And I just said, I, what do you mean, man? And so he looked at my wife. My wife's in the meeting. And he just said, her name is Tiff. And he said, you know, Tiffany, how's his being? And she just kind of shook her head and she had tears come to her eyes. And, and so he said, yeah, he says, exactly. And so he, he told me to read two books, which I did. And, um, and after the second book, I dove into this, um, it was a book by Ruth Bailey, Ruth Haley Barton called, um, sacred rhythms. And so I went in, um, and, and I started this, uh, this 27 month commitment where every quarter you go away and you, uh, you literally for three days and you're completely unplugged. And that time is for you and God, literally it is to create time and space for you and God. And, and Joseph, I cannot tell you on my first retreat. Um, it was, it was extremely uncomfortable because I had so much time just with God. I mean, I'm with a hundred other people there, but they have, it's very specific and it's very structured and you have a lot of alone and silent time. And, um, for the first day and a half, literally my, my mind was going all over the place and, and I had to get over this hurdle of, okay, what kind of a cult did I just get into? Um, and, and, and finally, when I got past that, literally then by the end of the retreat, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't wait to the next one because here's what happened is that I began to realize that my, the condition of my soul was dry. It was dried up because I was spent so much time living for me, so much time living for what I wanted, what I thought I wanted would bring me happiness, would bring me joy, but was making me miserable. And because I didn't realize that I was not taking care of my core and I was living for when I left, when I left corporate, at this point, I was I was 40, um, 45, 45 years old, um, 46, sorry, 46 years old. And I had spent, you know, 20, basically 26 years uh, either in family business or working for other people. When I walked out that door, um, I did not realize it then, but I had no clue who I was. I had my a complete identity was wrapped up in what I did. That retreat began a process where today and, and, and I don't I don't have this all figured out. I'm still in the midst of the journey. But I'm be, but what I'm learning is this, is that my being, my identity is not what I do. My identity is in who he is. And it's about me knowing him, him knowing me. That, that is my Jesus, my savior. And the more that I get that figured out and I learn to be, become and belong in him, then I can do. But so many times I have gotten that backwards most of my life. I would do and try to figure out who I am because of my doing and becoming more better, becoming better at what I'm doing and figuring out that, okay, well, this is where I belong. I belong because this is what I do really, really well. And I, I can do really, really well. But when you, when you walk away from that, then you're left with, okay, crap, who am I? Because I'm not doing that thing anymore. And when I got into the slump list and when the book came out, I was right back to there. And that's what these guys challenged me with is that, wait a minute, your being has nothing to do with what you just did. This book does not define you. This book is not the ending. This is the beginning of this journey. We're right at the beginning. And it's just helping to be recentered. And so these are just a couple of the examples, Joseph. And I give you a bunch more too, but I'll just leave those two. Of uh, having this group of people around me and challenging me and caring about me deeper than just the business. I mean, we have some of that. One of the guys on this board, um, he's never been a part of something like this, right? It's always been like he's been a big, a big corporate board meeting, big, big boards or nonprofit boards, but nothing like this. He come, he'll often come away from this saying, oh my goodness. He's like, this is, he says, this is exactly what I need to. He says, I need to hear this as much as you did. And so it's iron sharpening iron all around the table. I mean, it's just an amazing journey. And, and I, I cannot, if I could leave your listeners with one thing, don't do it alone. 
you know, find a group of people that love you, care about you, are willing to poke you in the chest occasionally. They'll put their arm around you when you need that, but they're going to poke you in the chest when you need that too. Matt, this board of directors that works for free <laughs> yeah, has been the game changer for you and I think also the foundation for your future success. How did you go about, because my listener right now is like, oh, this sounds amazing. I wish I had people like this. How do I go about finding them, putting that together? How do I get people at that level of success to volunteer their time to do this for me and what I think I'm being called to do? Like, teach us the actual strategy to set up this board of directors for my listener, please. Make it simple. Make Basic. it simple. Well, um, yeah, you got it. So for me, it was, I came up with a very short list of criteria. The first was, is that they had to know me and my family. Second is, that wasn't even first. The first was they had to love God. And I, and I, and I knew that they had a solid relationship with God. Second was they knew me and they loved me and my family. Third, they had some experience in, in business ownership or business leadership. Fourth, they would speak truth. And they would speak it even when it hurt. And fifth, um, that they would um, that they would basically volunteer their time. Um, and so then I just started praying. Say, okay, God, who who do you want me around? Now the first one was easy because this was the guy that was challenging me to put this thing together. And so when I said yes, I'll do it. Will you be my first? And he so I kind of had him. So that one, the first one was easy. Um, the uh, the actually the most difficult one was was my wife. Um, she, well, she had her own business many years ago we started having, you know, kids, especially by the third one, we felt it was time to, you know, focus on being a mom and she loves that great mom. And, uh, so, but she feels like she doesn't have much to contribute, even though every meeting she contributes more than I really think she realizes. Um, and then the other two guys were, uh, one was a dear one. It was, is, is a dear friend. And, um, and we had just started meeting, uh, we meet probably every other week just for either coffee or a beer, just to catch up on life. And we developed an iron sharpening iron copper relationship. And so he was one. And another guy was a guy that I worked with day in and day out, literally side by side for six years as we ran this private equity firm. And so, um, so I just stayed really within my network um, of people that I knew loved me and cared about me and would speak truth to me. And so it was not this, I, I wish I could say I had this huge strategy, Joseph. I didn't. Um, I just really kept it simple to okay, love God. They love me. They'll speak truth and they have experience in business. And they're willing to donate their time and, and donate their time. <laughs> I do give them all a Christmas gift, but that's, well, that's, that's the really extent of the money. Nice. I'm sure it's worth all their time. <laughs> all right. Uh, you know, thank you for that because you kept it real simple. You had five criteria. And I like it, right? It's it's basic criteria, but but it really filters out a lot of people right there. Oh man, yeah, absolutely. How long did it take you when you started praying, asking God to bring you these people? How long before you had your board together? Um, it took. So I um, I had this conversation in uh, May of twenty one. Um, I went uh, went on my own in July of 21. We had our first board meeting in October of 21. So it was about a five month. By the time I had the conversation until our first meeting it was five months. Okay, got it. So God brought these people together over several months. Mm -hmm. Yep. Okay, got it. Yep. All right, awesome. And then how long do you go with your quarterly meetings? Uh, we usually go three to four hours. So three, I usually plan for four. We rarely go three. Yeah. Okay. I'm actually uh, dissecting this, as you could see. I because, can see that. Yeah, because I think, um, you know, the spirit leads me in my questions because I give him access to that. And this is a golden gem nugget uh, that needs to be brought to the surface because I think so many people 
require this type of support. Yep. And they're out there going it alone in the darkness, trying to stay, uh, being a candle, trying to stay lit on their own and uh, feeling they're constantly, the world is trying to blow out their flame, right? And yep. they need other flames around to support. All right. So you go well, quarterly, uh, three to four hours. And is this only in person, these meetings? So the people have to be local, the board of directors, or do you do this via Zoom? We do it in person. And so um, the, the furthest person away lives about an hour and a half. And then the other people are within 45 minutes of where I live. And so we meet centrally. Um, so the, the guy, the farthest away, has to drive about an hour. And then the rest of us drive, even me, we drive, I drive about a half hour. But uh, do you think no, you I, could I do have not... the same effect if you did it via Zoom as opposed to in person? Um, uh, so I think some of that comes to, with just personal preference. Um, so I have had a couple of meetings where I've had a member that yeah, couldn't make it and offered to do Zoom. Mm -hmm. And I rescheduled the meeting. So my personal preference is in person because... Um, Part of that is I, I know myself enough to know that if I'm in person, I cannot hide. And if I'm in person, um, I cannot I cannot get away from your questions. If I'm on Zoom, I can do a much better job of 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 not having a response. I mean, because you can't necessarily tell if I'm fidgeting. You know, you can't tell right now if I'm fidgeting my hands or what I'm doing. And I am. I'm literally doing this just on purpose. But um, and so I prefer in person because I think there's there's a uh, much higher quality of body language reading. And so, um, and I think that there's just something about having people in the same room together to build relationship together. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the first things we did at our first board meeting is we literally spent two over two hours, two and a half hours of it, just sharing story. You know, each person went around and shared their full story. And, uh, and that brought a sense of bonding together that is just, um, has been unbelievable, so. Okay. Your personal board of directors. We're gonna come up with a better name. I just, I know it. I think this is this is powerful. Okay, um, that's why I'm spending time on this startup nation. I'm also craving this in my own life, right? With my business. Uh, back in the day, Napoleon Hill, right? The guy who wrote. Uh, was it which which they wrote uh, the 17 laws of success right and and some other famous mm. um you know books he speaks about uh you know creating a mastermind and starting it out with someone in your immediate family so typically your spouse would be a great choice if they support you because you're in there together and then mm -hmm forming a, a, a mastermind with one or more of your customers or your clients. Why? Because they're benefiting from your service. They also know where you're falling short, <laughs> right? Yeah. And if you can give them permission to say, hey, how do we make this better? And how do we attract more of you? Well, that's a game changer. That's a game changer. So if you just, Big time. If you just created a you know, mastermind with those two types of people right there, you're, you're starting off. And then he uses the example of Henry Ford, right? One of the wealthiest men in America. And he started his board of directors with his wife and mm -hmm. she was his secret weapon. She built up his confidence. He was a shy guy. He, he just lacked self-confidence or whatever. And she pushed him to keep going with his engine right and and building the car manufacturing and nothing would have happened we wouldn't had you know ford and the cars and everything like that had it not been for that mastermind with his wife so think about that for a second you know so many times we undervalue our spouse because they undervalue <laughs> themselves right you were talking about your wife she doesn't think she gives enough value yet it's that one little thing she says or asks that shifts everything for you and you're like whoa i never thought of it that way why am i not doing that i'm going to do that and you make that decision yeah all right matt wrap this up because i really like where this has gone um we didn't talk about your family business and how you started taking over the business and all the struggles and challenges with that and then the success you sold that for a massive profit um at the end what did you do with all that profit if you don't mind me asking 
Well, there was a um, there was a lot of debt and that we had taken on in some of the growth. So obviously we retired all that. And um, the rest of it was um, my mom was battling cancer. And, uh, as you can imagine, cancer is not cheap. And so, um, obviously some of it went to keep her going. Um, she was diagnosed with uh, stage four colorectal cancer, uh, in 2001, uh, she was given six months to live and, uh, she lived 11 and a half years. So, um, so she, she fought it out and she has, and she had quite the story. I mean, God was just, and she, God was her rock. God was at her center of her life. Um, so there was that, and then, uh, some of it was invested and, um, and so then some of it was, uh, given away. And so it wasn't that, uh, it wasn't like we, um, we used that as this huge pot to do something, uh, else with, you know, we kind of went our separate ways. You know, I really wanted to do something else. And, um, a good friend of mine that actually, when the business failed and we restarted, and he helped us restart. I actually went to work for him and helped him build uh, a private equity firm. And so by the time that I was selling my company, he was selling his. And, um, and so I joined him for uh, 12 years. And, uh, and so just loved it. That's where I got a chance to travel the world. So, so that's, um, that's where that all went. Um, as far as the, uh, as far as that goes. So, yeah, thank you for sharing that because I think a lot of people, they could be listening and be like, well, he had all this money and fortune. That's how he started this <laughs> new business. And that's no. not the case at all. And you're no. you're grinding from the bottom up, right? I right am. now, you're in it. Uh, you're tracking for, you're in your second year. You said you're tracking for uh, over 100,000 this year, right? You're going to cross mm -hmm. that line, which is awesome. And that's like the beginning. That's the beginning of yeah. the journey. That's where you're like validated. Like, okay, we got some clients. We have a business now. People are paying for it. All right, how do we grow this thing now? How do we expand yeah. this thing? Um, what has been uh, your number one marketing strategy um, to cross six figures in this business uh, by year two this year? Um, so I'd say it's the... Uh... Oh man. So two things. One is more tactical. And that is uh, when the book came out, um, it really became a business card and it's opened up a lot of doors for conversations, much like I'm having with you. Um, and so that led to then curiosity. And then the second thing is, is that having the opportunity then to talk one-on-one, -on -one, a lot of my business is coming through referrals, which this business is largely referral based. I've talked to many people that do the same thing. And um, it's really having the conversation with, okay, what are um, what are your points of pain, and what are your desires? And and it's, it's and oftentimes the points of pain, almost always the points of pain have something to do with people, people development, leadership development, and you know how do I re how do I recruit better? How do I how do I keep my really good employees? And how do I get people to engage? And so, and I had these conversations over and over again, and actually that is the focus of the next book coming out this year. And so when I talk about that book and I talk about, you know, there are three basic pillars to building an engaged uh, workforce and, and then they start leaning in. Okay. What are those pillars? How do they apply to my business? How can you help me apply them? How can you, what can you do? And so it's really um, a lot of the, just the thinking and the writing and the teaching that is now materializing into, okay, and this is how you can practically apply it. I believe everything has to be practically applied, Joseph. It has to move from concept to construct. If it's just conceptual, you're not going to get much clientele work out of that. You have to show, okay, this is what, this here's the concept. Here's what I can help you with this concept to implement it in your business. And here's what you can expect as a result. That's powerful. A lot of people stay in the theory part, right? The concept part. Like you and I were sharing offline that, you know, we both have opportunities to teach, you know, entrepreneurship business in, in the colleges and um, we have the textbooks in front of us and we're like, wait a second, this is a lot of theory, man, but this doesn't actually apply in the real world. I got to teach these students application. And then you teach them what's real, what's so, what worked, your story. And they're like, what? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like that's so different than what we've learned here. So it's all about the application. Mm -hmm. So you're saying it's the same thing with, uh, you know, building your successful coaching business or consulting business. You have to remove uh, in the prospective client's mind. Uh, well, you have to take it past just concept. 
hey, you here's do. the concept of, you know, that addresses your, your top three pain points. Here's the three concepts that will address that. And you have to move it into, okay, here's how you practically apply that into those pain points. And here are the three uh, results you can expect to get. And here's the timeline as well. You can absolutely those. Okay. Yep. How have you done with that? Like, has that been easy to do? Is that, is that something you brought to your board or is that something you just sat down and grinded out in your own head? Um, how has that actually been brought to, to light concept so application to result? Okay. So a lot of this started actually when I had, when I had my family business, you know, it's a, uh, <coughs> pardon me. <clears throat> um, I've often joked, but I actually mean it that, you know, I went to business school to get my degree, but went into business to get my education. And, um, and so as no, what I did not learn in business school is I did not learn how to take a business through a business failure. Okay. They don't teach you that. And that, that was my first experience right out of the shoot. Second, they don't teach you how to grow a business from three people to 180 and the different leadership styles and, and, and methodologies that are required in order to lead. You can't lead the same with three people that you do with 180. You just can't. I mean, I didn't, I had to learn a lot of this stuff in the trenches. Um, I, I read voraciously. I was reading 50 to hundred books a year. I was getting anybody that was experienced in business to mentor me. Like I'll buy you lunch. I'll buy you dinner. I'll buy you whatever. Let me spend an hour with you. And, um, and so, and I just kept learning from these people and a lot of it was trial and error, a lot of error, but it's, um, but it was, it was in the trenches practicing and trying different methodologies of, of trying to build a team. Um, I had a real desire to integrate faith into everything that I did. And, and so, and how do I do that? I wanted to build a team of shared leadership. I didn't want to be just the person calling all the shots. And so that requires different training. It requires different, um, um, uh, empowerment techniques. And, and so doing that. And then when I went into private equity, then, um, I literally spent most of my time working with leaders, leadership teams and training them and helping them become healthy, helping them become higher performing, help them become engaged. And so it was taking a lot of these, um, concepts and constructs that I, I, yes, I learned from books. I learned from mentors and I learned the trenches and just saying, okay, that worked really well. That didn't work at all. And so taking the stuff that works really well and then packaging it up in a way that is, it's got to be simple to understand, be simple to understand. It has to be relevant. It has to be practical and it has to be implementable. Those are the four criteria I have with everything that I teach, everything I train, everything I coach. If it's not those four things, I throw it out. I don't even use it because there are some wonderful business models, wonderful teaching models and leadership that I think are fabulous, but they're so stinking complex that I don't know how to make it low hanging fruit. And so for now, I just, I don't use those. So simple, relevant, practical, implementable. If it's not those things, I don't use it. And and it has to show results. It has to show the result that you intended. So sorry. So I guess it was the fifth. <laughs> All right. Did you write down those five things? Startup Nation, go ahead and write it now. Number one, simple. It's got to be simple. Is your product, is your program simple for your clients to understand? Is it relevant to what they're going through right now? Is it practical to their everyday business and lives, right? Is it implementable, right? Can they actually implement this into their problems right now? And does it produce the results that they're looking for? All right, that's it. There's your five. We're getting so much value today, Startup Nation, from Matt here. He's just showing up, isn't he? I think he is. Matt, thanks, bro. Really appreciate you, man. Thank you. All bro. right, let's get to uh, one of my favorite parts of the show. Uh, welcome to the Hustle Round. I'm going to ask you 10 quickfire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. Don't overthink it. It's just for fun. Are you ready, sir? Let's do this. Let's do do this he says all <laughs> right what is your favorite thing about well going through the struggles of starting and growing and scaling a business learning learning all right you like learning man there you go there's a lot of learning to be had for sure oh my. Yeah. what is your least favorite thing um sleeplessness 
<laughs> what are you talking about? Oh my gosh. I believe we're all struggling with something at any given moment of our life. It's just part of the human condition. What are you currently yeah. challenged with right now, Matt, either personally or professionally? Um, living by faith. I've taught faith and talked about faith for years and I really feel like God's saying, okay, bud, time to live it. So just living by faith. Mm. Yeah, bro. Again, application. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> right? Taking the theories from biblical teaching, the constructs, and like applying them. Well, shoot, that takes some work, man. That looks oh, different. My. Oh, yeah. my. Exactly. Uh, what are you most afraid of? Um, lack of... Um, um, uh, that I would lose relationship with my kids. Yeah, for sure, dude. Absolutely. What did you spend way too much time doing your first year in this business? Worrying. Worrying. Can't change <laughs> even a hair on your head. What are you doing? Exactly. What secret and fear do you have about people? Uh, that they are not who they say they are. Mm. Yeah, for sure. What do you wish you had learned sooner in business? Um, to relax and trust. <laughs> yeah. What's a new habit you're going to create this year? Um, a, a better, I'm a better exercise routine. Yeah. What's a bad habit you're going to break? Physical. Uh, worrying and anxiety, <laughs> which leads to the physical activity, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Um, I am, uh, um, three words. Uh, I am a, a believer. I am, um, a learner and I am unfinished. Hmm. Pick three words to describe who you were your first year in this business. Um, I was a worrier. I was, um, independent. I was, um, uh, lost. Got it. And last question. If you could come back to life after you died, look your wife and kids in the eye and give them only one piece of advice about true success in business and in life, what would you say to them? Pursue your dreams and pursue them all in. All right. There you have it, Startup Nation. Matt, this is the opportunity for you to give Startup Nation, my audience, a homework assignment for this week. What is one action they must take if they want to not only grow their business, but pursue their dreams, right? And not end up uh, as those, those successful guys that follow that same path of ending their lives rich, divorced, <laughs> and lonely. What's it, one action they must I, take this week? The word that I, I, I default to, Joseph, is intentional. Be intentional. Yeah. Um, I love the exercise where you look at the end of your life and look back and say, and the, is the way I'm living now going to lead to the kind of end-of-life story I want? If it isn't, Take one step today, be intentional today, taking one step toward that desired end. Okay, there you have it, Startup Nation. Do you accept the challenge Matt has laid down for you in your life? Or do you just go back to mediocrity existing, right? We all have this decision to make every single day. Startup Nation, if you enjoyed this show, would you go to Apple Podcast or Stitcher.com or First100K.com and write a honest review for Matt Lesser, my guest today? He really showed up. He gave us so much value in different areas, right? Hopefully, you're going to take just one action, one piece of this show, this episode, and apply it into your life. For me, I think... It's going to be the board of directors. 
I'm craving that. I want more of that, right? So what is it for you, Startup Nation? What are you going to apply? Not just think about. What are you going to act upon? What is that? Okay. And then make a real commitment. Make an effing decision. That's the difference between your dreams and the results you've been getting. Is making the effing decision that you're avoiding. That's right in front of you. Just decide and act and see what happens. Yeah. It's no worse than what you're currently getting. <laughs> Just choose it, right? If we like what you write in your review, we'll give you a live shout out on the show. Let's give a shout out to Sweet Path Girl. Handle Sweet Path Girl. Thank you for your five-star review for your first 100K podcast. She wrote, hands down, the best podcast I've listened to. Nice. She writes, uh, Joseph, on packs, Joseph packs so much value in his interviews and has incredible guests like Matt that share not only from their heart, but amazing action-packed content. That's exactly what we just experienced today. Whether you are a Christian or not, it's worth your time and your life and business will thank you. Thank you, Sweet Path Girl, for your five-star review. I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, go ahead and write your review, Matt. What, where, what, where, when, right? Where does Startup Nation go to find out more about you, get involved in what you're up to? Maybe there's potential clients or referrals here for you. What do you got for them? Where do they go, man? So first, my website is www.uniquelynormal. So two words all together, uniquelynormal.com. Uh, email is matt, M-A-T-T, at uniquelynormal.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. It says Matthew in paren Matt Lesser. Um, my book is on Amazon. It's unsatisfied when less is more. So those are some great ways uh, to get in touch with me. Matt Lesser, thank you for being on your first 100K. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life, sir. Thank you, sir. It's great being with you today. Cheers. Have you tried absolutely everything and nothing has worked? Have you tried therapy? Have you tried coaching? Have you tried counseling, Christian counseling? Nothing's worked for you, for your spouse. You just want better communication. When you wake up, do you feel like you wanna crawl under a rock in the morning time? Is your brain so scattered and foggy at this point that you're not following through with things? You're not keeping your word in the matter. You're letting people down, maybe your own spouse or kids. Do you have way too much on your plate and you're getting more and more frustrated, which is turning into anger? Are you battling addictions right now? Are you an amped up or frantic person with a lot of anxiety and you're off and on of bipolar and depression medicines? If any of these you connect with, then what I do is specifically this. I do not do therapy. I do not do counseling. Those are for people that want to talk about their problems or learn different ways to cope and manage their problems. I don't do that. Reach out to me if you want to get rid of your problems permanently. Like be done with the addiction. Be done with the medications. Be done with the escaping your life because you just feel so powerless in it. If you want those results and you want peace, it's what we all want. We're all chasing it. We had it as kids. We lost it. Life beat the crap out of us. If you want peace, that's what I sell. It's God's peace. So you can find that at josephwarren.net. You can schedule a call with me, complimentary. I'll contribute 30 minutes of my time into your life. We'll get clear on what you actually want. Then we'll see if we're, we want to work together. And that's me interviewing you to see if you're ready. Are you ready to do what it takes? Some people try to come to me, but they're not ready to be coachable. They're not ready to get rid of the problems. Again, if you don't want to talk about your problems anymore and you've tried everything and nothing has worked and you want to permanently get rid of them, go to josephwarren.net and let's see if I'm your guy.